Yo, 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 what's happening? It's your boy, Mickey Cartel, and we're back with another episode of the Dead Homies and Enemies podcast. Got a couple of the homies with me. You know what I'm saying? I got John, head of the uh, NPH. Oh, uh, new black, new NBPH. That's how I said it. I said it right. For the People's Party. For the People's Party. And I got my nigga uh, AP. You know what I'm With your organization? For business? My, my company is ACP Graphics Group. And uh, I have a clothing brand, Flying Line Clothing Company. That's my yeah, man. We just, you know what I'm saying? The Moss Podcast, man. We just be chilling. We just be talking about shit. You know what I'm saying? It ain't really no main topic or or uh, points or nothing like that. We trying to hit. We just be chilling. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to give people information. It's an information thing. And right now we at a, at a point where um, we trying to organize for uh, my brother Lee Merrick. You know he's running for Texas Attorney General. He wants to put all his soldiers in place, put everybody in position, and uh, it's not for everybody to know all the positions. You know, what I'm saying so certain information is privy to only the inside, but you know, at the same time, we want to let everybody know that uh, <clears throat> that we're strong out here and uh, got a whole lot of shit in the works. That's right, that's right. I know one of my main things as far as like I'm always a creative. Somebody got a lighter? You had mine, you gonna walk out with it. Nah, you gave it back. You gave it back that time. <laughs> For the first time. I wanna give a shout out to Slick. That's uh John Brother, man, good looking. Oh, Nah, I call him Slick. Yeah. His name is Hit Turn Up. Hit Turn Up. Y'all need to go fuck with Hit Turn Up on Spotify. Uh, he got a gang of songs, but I'm, I'm rocking with one right now called Slick. That's why I said Slick. I ain't even met right yet, but I already feel like I know him. The nigga sold me some gas. That shit has a nigga in a comb. <laughs> I told you, tell me what you know about it. You don't smoke. Right? Like he told you, he know. <laughs> I didn't believe you, bro. I was like, yeah, man. Everybody call that shit exotic. You got some exotic. I don't want to get you nothing that's going to get you too fucked up, man. Bring whatever, bro. Yes, man. I ain't been a nigga in Texas yet with some exotic, but I know now. <laughs> I know one now. But, AP. Hey, I feel like the history that you and my little brother got is so, that's it deep. I heard you talking about it earlier today. I ain't never thought about it like that until you were talking about it earlier today. I couldn't really respond because I was stuck and I was listening. And you said, uh, you knocked the nigga out in Atlanta and ended up doing, doing some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um... <clears throat> I mean, 
Stacy. I met Lee at the in my freshman year was at Morehouse. We both stayed in Huber Hall, like, and I mean, like, you know, niggas in school, and she, you know, what I'm saying, like, when you coming from the crib, it's like, uh, uh, I guess for it may not apply to all Morehouse niggas, but to some extent, you know, what I'm saying, but like, I know for me and Lee in particular, like, coming from the crib. Like, we had our hood partners, you know what I'm saying, niggas from the block like that. And then we was the ones that, you know, quote unquote, made it or made it to the next level, going to school, doing good shit like that. And uh, realizing that it was more more people just like us out there, like more real niggas, more authentic niggas that had a desire to really, you know what I'm saying, be on the progressive thinking and stuff like that. And, and not that it made us any different from our partners, but. Everybody done take the, you know what I'm saying, chance to really step out there and like, you know, see what the next level, next level look like. And that was one of the things that, you know what I'm saying, me and uh, Lee Perry had clicked on like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was a tall nigga, you know what I'm saying, he had size like that, played football like that. And when we met in the, in the gym, when we met, we stayed on the same floor, but uh, we started chopping up because I seen that nigga in the gym. And I was putting up like 300. We was young, like, you know, 18 years old, like, pitching 300. And uh, that's when we really started, you know what I'm saying? Getting tight like that. Like, that whole, yeah, that whole first year. I mean, I knew it was something different about him in terms of, like, uh, you know, him being from the street, having that, that real G code, you know what I'm saying? You know, having an understanding of who God is in his life. I wasn't to the same extent as he was, but he was authentic, always a pro-black, you know what I'm saying, yeah. wanted to build the people up like that. And I didn't really understand it at the time, but, you know, I do understand, like, that's just something that's inside of me, like, that's his calling like that. He was organizing, SGA president and all that. And, uh, so before, before you ended up in Morehouse, you were living in Chicago? Um, uh, I was born in Georgia, I was raised in Chicago. Southside. Well, you got a scholarship or something? Yeah, I got a scholarship. It's an academic scholarship, and um, you know, that's that's the that's the only reason why I went to Morehouse because I didn't get accepted nowhere else. That was the first acceptance letter I got, and then I had the full ride. And as soon as I accepted that shit, that's when the other letters started coming in. From, I wanted to go to other school. Yeah, yeah, my first like, God damn, I was already accepted. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. You would have had your choice. Which one you would have? Tennessee State, man. I was set on Tennessee State. And then, um, you know, I had a, another partner. I went to this um, this boarding school in uh, uh, Andover, Massachusetts. And this dude was by the You know what I'm saying? He graduated the year before me. And he went to Morehouse. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? He told me, like, you know, he told me to come down there and kick it one weekend. So I did, and that's what I really kind of made up my mind, like, all right, you know, it's a good look for me. Not even knowing, like, you know, the culture of the school like that. And I, I guess I would talk about the incident or whatever, or the fight or whatever like that. But <clears throat> Morehouse, that shit, you know what I'm saying, real pro-black, yeah. you know, like, historically, all that shit like that. But they had a lot of gay niggas, like, you know what I'm saying? And it ain't, you know, that's your what you choose to do that's cool my nigga like that but that was a dynamic that you know what I'm saying I didn't see every day growing up you know what I'm 
living in close quarters, accepting people's different styles of living and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? You are like a, a shocker to me, but like that's how, you know, my incident happened or whatever. A nigga tried, a nigga tried me. Was the nigga, was the gay nigga? Yeah, nigga. I'm, I guess, to express the whole dynamic of it, my South Lake area. I'm saying fresh meal, everything cool. I did pretty good. I'm upraised, you know what I'm saying? Everything like that. So, you know, pops let me bring my whip down. So, I'm, you know, I'm really hitting my stride like that, really coming into myself. Keep in mind, I'm 18. You know, I had just turned 19, stuff like that. I was in Brazil Hall, and uh, it was on a Sunday, it was getting up. I, I had made up my mind, I was like, man, I'm finna go to church. I, you know what I'm saying? You know, going to church and all like that. Going there in the shower like that, washing up and stuff like that. And, you know, this big tall ass nigga, I turn around, I see a nigga watching me peeking over the shower curtain like that. Oh, hell no. And I'm like, nigga, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? So me and the nigga started jaw jabbing. You know, we exchanged words. I cussed the nigga out like that. And, you know, gets into the, the you know, they got the, the sections off and stuff like that. Keep in mind, nigga, like six four, six five, like that. I'm five, you know, five three. I say I'm five five, but it is what it is. He say he five five, bro. Hey, you know hey, he say he gonna give him two more. Yeah, yeah. ain't nothing you do about it. He say with his shoes on, you yeah. heard yeah. But, but, you know, but just keep, I mean, keep that perspective in mind. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I'm watching tall you. ass dude. Yeah. I turn around, catch you watching me. Fuck, nigga, you, you tripping, boy. Like, yeah, like what you doing? So, the exchange happened. I, you know, I didn't say I blacked out or I didn't know what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. It was just a bad decision. Like, cause I decided I was like, man, I ain't gonna let no nigga try me like that. I went back to my dorm room and I got him a, a T-ball bat. You know what I'm saying? About you know, like size of your phone, like uh, the braids. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if y'all. Yeah, like them fan bags. You that, know what I'm exactly saying? You buy like in the trophy shop. It's a little, little, little bit bigger than the that. The wood bag. Yeah. A little, 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 little T-ball bag. Yeah. A souvenir bag type like that. <laughs> uh, so I grabbed that. I don't know how I had it in the closet. It was in my car or something like that. And I, when I was moving my shit in, I put it in, the, in my closet. And I grabbed that motherfucker and went back into the bathroom. And the nigga was still in the shower. So I went to the curtain. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm check this nigga, man. No motherfucker trying to move that bullshit. So I, I hit the curtain with the, uh, <laughs> I said, hey, fuck, nigga, hey. And the nigga jumped out. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, but nigga jumped out. He swung at me and, you know, caught me on the lip like that. He, you know, he punched me in my lip. And, like, you know, I didn't know it until after the fact, but my inside of my lip was cut. And, like, you know, I bagged back. And, you know what I'm saying? The nigga's coming at me like that. So I stepped back and, bop, I hit him one time in the shoulder. Then the second time I hit him, like, you know, caught him clean on the on the side of his head like that. And nigga fell face first onto the tile floor like that. And then like I was stuck, I was like, fuck, like, did I kill this nigga? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, I nigga, was laying there. The nigga was out, bro. Like, uh, face first, like, uh, I was like, oh shit. So is it a public restroom? It's the yeah, the dorm. Oh, the dorm. The oh, bathroom, the dorm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, oh shit, like I ain't, you know, I ain't checking a nigga like that. I was mad. You know, going into that motherfucker, but I didn't expect me to, you know, knock this nigga out like that. So I run back to the room, and I was like, fuck, man, like, damn, I thought I killed this nigga. So the first person I called was uh, Stacy. And, like, you know, 
not even like two minutes later, like that nigga had, you know, came to the, you know what I'm saying? He came in the room, beat on the door, like, hey, what the fuck? Like, you know, what's up, nigga? We finna fight? Because I told him I got into a fight, and he thinking, like, we finna have to swab somebody. And I told, you know, told him the situation. I was like, man, just go check in the bathroom, see if the nigga, you know, if he's still laid out. So he went to the bathroom, he came back, he's like, what the fuck you talking about? Like, you know, one nobody in there, it's just a couple of drops of blood on the floor. Not to, you know, get him run down the story like that. Long story short, the nigga had, um, the nigga got knocked out. He got himself up, got dressed, took himself to the, um, the yard. The, nah, the, you know, they got the little medical thing on campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, you know, called the ambulance and shit like that. He and told him. He said the nigga was 5'10 and had on a multicolored shirt and, a, and an afro. Ain't no way you can stay in front of 5'10. Army t-shirt on like that so I feel I feel like you know the nigga never wanted the he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to get you in trouble well, he had to say something now his excuse was this is you know at how the shit well I, I get to that point so nobody nobody knew it was me 12 wasn't looking for me you know nobody other than a couple of niggas you know what I'm saying that I fuck with like I'm saying like when I when I at the uh, I called Stacy over he he took me out of my dorm room. We went to his room. He told me to write down everything that happened. We prayed. And then, like, he said, just chill. You know what I'm saying? We went to the child. Went in at 8. Then we went back to his room, and I took a nap. And then nigga was gone somewhere. So, like, when I got up, I was like, shit, man, I'm finna smoke. And I called my partner neck up. We had smoked a blunt. And then, like, words started getting around. It's like, yo, that nigga AP just, you know what I'm saying, killed the nigga Sent the nigga to the hospital or the nigga's finna die. I start hearing these rumors and shit like that. And then that's when I called my pops. And then he told state he told us, you know, me and Stacy like, you know, just get off campus like that. And he'll be down here. <clears throat> so he you know, I called my aunt and I went to her crib like that. And then uh, my dad came like the next day, I think. I think it was like Tuesday. He didn't come Monday. I was at my aunt's house on Monday and he came like Tuesday. Motherfuckers was telling me like the nigga almost died. He had a, a upper door hematoma. Like, when he hit his head, like he had swelling on the brain, and they had to like, you know, they cut a big ass scar across his head to drain the fluid and shit like that. So like the, I, my dad told me it's like so basically you know his understanding was like so damn you know, so you just got into a fight and I'm like I, I guess like they told me the nigga was fucked up but he ain't dead. So it's like, uh, you got to tell him what happened. You know, this is my dad telling me, like, you know, my dad was a preacher and stuff like that. He's like, you got to do the right thing. I'm saying, turn yourself in, explain yourself. It was just a fight. Da, 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 like that. So I went and turned myself in. And I was like, oh, man, we had, you know, this is, this is what the police was saying to me. And, you know, the initial, like, arrest record said, you know, they broke down the whole story like that. And then it was like, well, it's just a simple battery. You know what I'm saying? Because he had a physical injury like that. Um, that's what the charge was. So, like, that day I got booked in the Fulton County. I went in by, like, 12 noon. I didn't get out until, like, 2 in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And that shit was just, like, you know, just imagine, like, like I said, I want green, but I ain't never been locked up before. Like, I, I left the campus and went to Rice Street. And, you know what I'm saying? Rice Street, worse than, you know, Fulton County Jail, worse than some chain gangs and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just... It's a fucking jungle in there like that, you know. Just being in the hole and tanks like that. 
that shit was, you know, hell for a young nigga like that, you know. Yeah, so if you would have never told they on never, yourself, they probably would never even. They would not have. His, uh, based on his description, and obviously my partners wouldn't finna say shit like that, you know what I'm saying? You be looking back at it, you be like kind of regret, like, oh, I should never say nothing. I should just let them people, them folks find. I, I don't, I mean, I think about that. Like, me and my, you know, my dad passed away when I was in jail. Like, we used to talk about that. I don't, I don't know because, like, I'm doing the right thing. Like, that's how he raised me to do. Yeah. But if I had known, like, the criminal justice system, hell, now I want to turn myself in. Like, I don't yeah. never did that shit. I know you would never thought they were gonna be trying to hand out that kind of time. If anything, first year, first so, offense. You first even a felon. You know first like, offense. So now, so now people had yeah, shit, shit played out. So then, um, the motherfucking um, after I bonded out, I you know I asked that they had the arraignment hearing and stuff like that. You enter your initial plea and my initial charge. I played at night guilty. Like so I don't remember what I. I think it was no contest because I didn't have a lawyer. And then uh, we got a lawyer, and uh, the, that was the initial charge. But when the DA picked up the charge, they changed changed the charge from a simple battery to an aggravated assault, aggravated battery. And then they added a hate crime. It was the first hate crime trial in Georgia. What? They turned it into a hate crime? Yeah, because they said I beat the nigga because he was gay. Wow. I ain't know this nigga. I ain't never seen him. I ain't know his name. Like, you know, but my mindset was like, hey nigga, you ain't finna free pick me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll give a fuck, you know, what your purpose is, like don't bring that shit over here. And to that was my mindset, but the state, you know, needed to use an example to push the hate crime bill like that. Wow. So it was was Paul Howard, the DA, then it's it was a senator named Vincent Ford. Was like one of the writers of the law, like they was like, nah, this is a case that we want to put this shit out there. And that's the only reason why it became like national news because of the gay niggas at Morehouse, the gay niggas in Atlanta. And, which again, like, you know, you're gonna be gay, that's fine, but like, why, why would you use that situation to really, you know what I'm saying? Nah, you build a narrative, right? So that's how that's how the That's a crazy story, bro. What year was that? That was, uh, the, I beat that nigga up in 2002, and then the trial happened in, um, March. April 2003. Damn, I was, uh, sophomore in high school. Yeah. That's when I, I think I got sentenced in April and May, but the last day of the trial was, like, in May. The trial, the trial was like a week and a half, almost two weeks. You know what I'm saying? I had my girl with me, and she was from my girl uh, from LA. Uh, she was with me and shit like that. I'm thinking like, you know, the last day of the trial, they gonna send a play on and go home, and you know, have some kind of probation type type shit like that. Nah, man. It, I ate lunch with my with my dad and my mom and my girl. You know what I'm saying? I had some family members there. When they read the verdict and shit like that, everybody came back guilty. 
I just I didn't have I didn't have, I didn't know nothing about the court system and the law and all that shit like that. And um, that shit fucked my head up. But like, like you know, what I'm saying being in the free you know free world shit. Then an hour later, like, like bro, you just told me ten years. Like you know what I mean. And the only reason why the judge sentenced that because you know even in the transcripts they got you know the nigga say he was mad because we didn't take it seriously. I had got another lawyer. Like, right before I was going to take the plea. Because my mom wouldn't let me, you know what I'm saying, take a plea of 10 to do 5 like that. And, um, what was the plea? 5 years? A 10, yeah, 10 to serve 5. That was the, oh, best, that was the initial ten, plea. Uh, it was a 10-year sentence, you know, to serve 5, you know, whatever else I'm going on like that. But had I, had I taken that plea, I didn't notice after the fact that my first lawyer's workout with the judge, all that shit was going to be for show. I would have done, you know, 90 days in, in the county jail, and then they would have came back with a, you know, a sentence appeal hearing and gave me probation. Mm-hmm. But they would, they didn't tell me that. They didn't tell my dad that. Then it was mad at me because I got another lawyer, and I took that shit to trial. So they was like, that's why the judge sentenced me like that, you know. That's just another example of a nigga getting railroaded by the system. First offense, you know what I'm saying, like... I was, you know what I'm saying, I was a good nigga growing up, you know what I'm saying, schoolboy, type shit like that. I had, you know, good grades, all that, you know, 3 point something GPA, like 3.4, something like that. And uh, all my accomplishments, all the high school shit, you know, none of that even mattered. Like, they didn't get no fuck. Like, they don't consider that when they, you know, gave the sentence. They knew they had to make an example for the purposes of that yeah. law. All the newspapers and cameras watching this shit. Right. And now I ain't, ain't going to take a, away the responsibility as mine because, like I said, I ain't making a mistake. I just made a bad decision. Like, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to go straight in that nigga, you know what I'm saying? And that was that was the wrong decision in response to, you know, something that happened to me like that, you know? He showed up and testified? Yeah, yeah. Did he it's, admit that he was looking at you over the, over, so, over the thing? So we had to investigate the same way Brad doing the shit. Like, he was with me, like, through the whole process. Like my lawyer interviewed him. We had to go get his computer. Like, like that nigga was, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about right with me. Like my dad, you know, like when he came in the city, like that was the first person I hit up and we would ride, talk. You know what I'm saying? My dad was a Q and stuff like that, so he would put us up on game about pledging and you know how to, you know, talk to the bros and all that like that. And he, you know, just gave us lessons about life and stuff, you know what I'm saying? But um you remember your first day stepping into the pen? Man, yeah. Like, after you get sentenced. Um, I, check this out. After I got sentenced, you know what I'm saying, they didn't, um, you know, he ain't really supposed to see your family and stuff like that, but they, they got, I got sentenced. He said, it's a 10-year sentence, you know, under Georgia State law, whatever, whatever, like that, and it's a violent charge, so you got to do 90%, you know, based on the Georgia law, you have to do 90% of your time, so I'm thinking in my mind like this shit can't be right but in the courtroom when they put the cuffs on me and I turned around and looked at my dad like hey man what the fuck they doing like this shit ain't you know what I'm saying he couldn't say nothing I couldn't say nothing but they, they let him come in the back you know uh, once they usher a motherfucker out like that it's, it's basically just holding cells back there you know what I'm saying and um they were standing in the hallway and stuff like that there was three deputies around us and stuff like that took my tie out, searched me, all of my shit like that, you know what I'm saying? 
my dad got mad, like, you know, don't touch my fucking son, like, you know, he had the look on his face like that, and then, like, you know, we couldn't say, they, they let him come back there and see me, and he just couldn't say nothing, I couldn't say nothing either, we just looked at each other, and he just gave me this look, like, shit, my nigga, you do what you gotta do, like, you know, be a man, like, and, you know what I'm saying, like, I, when I, <laughs> when I left the courthouse, the motherfuckers was having a press conference, in the front, like the news cameras is, you know, saying watch me pass by in the squad car. I'm in the back of the squad car with my shirt and tie and shit. I'm like, like man, this is some fucking bullshit. Like, you know what I'm saying? That shit, like, was crazy, bro. Like, nigga, you took your whole life and spent it. Turned it, turn it into a whole story, a nationwide story. This is the gay basher. And, <laughs> and I, I never got a chance to really defend myself. I testified and stuff like that. I should have never testified. But um, I never got a chance to defend myself or to explain myself like I'm doing now like that. You know, for years, I, I don't think I actually did it. I don't know to nobody other than, you know, they really know me like that. You know, people don't really know my side of the story, per se. Yeah, all they know is what they heard. Right. But uh, that shit changed my life, man. And, and you know, you know, you did, you did the whole time in one prison? Or did you no, like I, switch to other different ones? I went to a, a couple different camps. Um, I did like, when I first got locked up, like for me, Rice, you know, Fulton County was harder than like like prison and stuff like that. Just because there's so many niggas. And, I mean, time I seeing all that wild shit niggas see on TV and all that. Yeah. You know, motherfuckers are, like they had, you know, light fixtures that be attached to the wall. Motherfuckers will break the, you know, they got that hard plastic in there, wear some bitches off and make a shit out of that. And like, you know, I seen niggas get chopped up, you know what I'm saying, thrown off balconies, niggas trying to kill themselves and all that stuff like that. When I, and then when I first got in, like, they had put me on, like, suicide watch. Cause, you know what I'm saying, it's like, well, you know, this protective custody basically like that. So I was 23 and 1. So I was in a little cell, like, maybe like 4 by 6, like that. 23 hours a day, I got one hour to take a shot and use the phone. That shit was harder than fucking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that shit crazy, like. Like, Especially for a motherfucker, you ain't never even been to jail before. Yeah, nah. I ain't never really been in no trouble. I mean, I got suspended a couple times in high school, but I ain't never been in no real trouble for fighting and shit. Yeah, like, usually motherfuckers gotta get conditioned and worked up to prison, you know what I'm saying? Go to jail for a month, maybe, maybe a couple of weeks, you know what I'm saying? Then you get in trouble again, you go to jail for maybe six months, and then you get in trouble again, you get a year in the county. They shit passed all that shit for you, nigga. That shit was straight to the shit crazy. make you or break you, man, like. I can imagine what that could do to the psyche. I think, yes, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The main thing is your mind. If you ain't got no strong mind, People, niggas run all kind of game in, in prison. Like, so if you don't have no identity or no strong mind, you're gonna attach yourself to somebody that you think got your best interest, but ain't no love in that shit, man. Like, I just seen like seen that happen too many times. Like, ain't no love in there. You know what I'm saying? How was they politics in in, the, in, the, in, the, in Georgia prison? Like, did they have gangs and shit, or it was just more like cliques? Like, what city you from? It was, it was more cliques like that. Like in. You know, Atlanta's big city like that. So Atlanta niggas, you know, they operate differently from like, you know, Rome niggas, Savannah niggas, Columbus niggas. 
and like when you get to when you get the diagnostics, like all them niggas be there, like man, you know what I'm saying? The, the the niggas, the black people run that shit, like the fucking uh, Aryan Nation and all that bullshit, the TV shit. I, it may be like that in certain counts, but nah, niggas run that shit. Yeah, you know what I'm the white the white boys be you know paying motherfuckers to you know keep niggas off the ass like that. Like I done seen that. Saying, putting a boot game on them, had their families putting money on the other niggas' commissary and stuff yeah. like that. That's what I was Making them, they're a white boy, kid, this, they, uh, you feel like your commissary went to the bubble form, and they give a nigga a bubble form, he fill out like $50 worth of shit, give it back to the white yeah. boy, and they, you know what I'm saying? That's what I noticed with down south, the difference between like being locked up down south and being locked up on the west coast. Like down south, it seemed like, like, Soon as like you see a white boy come through the gate, niggas was already on. Like, yeah, it's a target. Yeah, yeah well, get him. Woo, 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 woo. I mean, and, and keep in mind, like that's that's how it was for me. But if my if my kids went on the news like that, like it was a the, the trustee that used to do um, take news clothes in the intake. You know what I'm saying? Like he he was getting shipped down the road. Like when I left Fulton County, going to um, going to Jackson State Prison. That's, that was the first like uh, main chain game I went to. Yeah. And um, is it Jackson? I, I might. Be, I can't remember, but I, I think it was Jackson. But we was on the bus together like that. He, I mean, you know, God sent people in your life like that. But that nigga gave me the whole rundown of, as far as like how to carry myself, how to operate. Don't be buying a whole bunch of snow goods and shit like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't taking nothing from nobody. Yeah. You know, no don't, free fuck, shit. don't fuck with nobody, like don't fuck with the COs. And they had bitches in there, you know what I'm saying? Niggas be jigging at the hoes like that, but hoes, you know, turn a nigga sip, set them up, you know, fuck up they, you know, time and shit like that, get them sent to the hole. Like all that shit, like it's you know it's just a different world, bro. Like and people doing their life, like, you know, 13, 15, 20 years, you know, murders, robbers and all that shit. You know, all them niggas in the same, you know what I'm saying? 60 man dog type shit like that. It's just, it's a jungle, bro. It's a jungle sometimes. Sometimes it makes me want to push. What, 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 like, what's y'all impression of like prison and jail and stuff like that? Like I was saying, like, I know down south, like, no one plays. Like, it's like you were saying, like, niggas, I remember niggas used to target them white boys and shit. But on the West Coast, that's where you got like the Aryan Nations and like the motherfuckers got a little power, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody, the politics is different. Everybody got a clique, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't just be, survive, man. You gotta do what you gotta do. You survive. can't just be running up on anybody, just stabbing them and, and none of that. You gotta have permission. It's always a meeting before somebody get knocked over. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about down south. I ain't never been in prison down south, but I know the jails was uh, crazy like that. West, everything was like organized. Like you ain't finna just be like if you run up on a white boy and beat his ass, then your niggas gonna beat your ass because nigga you supposed to have got permission. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying to do that? Destruction, man. Yeah. Yeah, but another thing too, you know what I'm saying? I I do understand it, you know, having gone through it, but like you know, niggas wear that shit as a badge of honor, like and like. Even me, I, I mean, I still do it to this day, and I know niggas do it to me, like, but you give a, the nigga that street guy, like, oh, bro, you did some time, like, 
made it out that shit. You still a solid nigga, like shit. You know what I'm saying? I took my hat to you, like. But there ain't nothing to really be proud about, like you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I I made a bad decision. I made a mistake that took five years out of my life, type. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, I made it through it. I came out, you know. Hard, but you I can't be proud of stay, uh, making that out, you know what I'm saying, and right. being able to tell that story right. for the next motherfucker who, who, who might be who's probably going through the same thing right now, you know what I'm saying, and you hear your story about how you made it out and how you stay focused. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the main thing, like, you know, it should sound like cliche, don't uh, do your time, don't let your time do you, and like, you know, you get mind can play tricks on you if you don't apply yourself or like do something I'm saying while you're locked up my, my thing came you know came like working out yeah like doing 500 push-ups a day then hitting the red yard I had that bottom charge you know what I'm saying so I couldn't get no when I, I once I left uh, the um, state prison I went to the, uh, this county camp and um, I, I got to the county camp I think I was three years in and then uh, few months after that, I, I went back on appeal for, I mean, for a sentence hearing, a sentence reduction hearing. And then at the sentence reduction hearing, the judge reduced my sentence to seven years. And then that's how I got out of five like that, because I was eligible for parole. football, high school and shit like that, I was still touching the iron in college, but like I had, I had to work in the kit, well first I was a dorm board on cause I, you know, was going back on the pillow and shit like that, so, and I couldn't have no outside detail, but they said I was a flight risk cause I had family in Chicago, and my dad was this, you know, big time preacher or whatever like that, so they, you know, play all kind of bullshit games like that, but you cramped up in the fucking building, you know what I'm saying, That's, that shit ain't. Shit, that shit hard as fuck doing. I mean, like I couldn't even, I couldn't even focus on working out unless I was outside on the yard. But like inside, you you spend most of your time inside the cell, and I didn't like that working out in the cell. Shit, man, that shit. Man, you you, you get main, hot. We didn't have no AC. The main reason I started working out is is about respect. Like that became the biggest thing for me. Is like you know, people didn't um, necessarily disrespect me. They, they just knew me from, oh, I seen that nigga case on the news type shit. But, like, the, the niggas in the chain gang that ran the dorms, it, all the niggas, you know what I'm saying, was yoked out, was full, top cash shit, like, you know what I'm saying? They come in the door, you know not to fuck with them. They just had that, you know what I'm saying? And even when, you know, niggas be fighting and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Niggas, you know, put your, uh, your lock in a, you know, lock sock type shit or put yeah. your lock on the belt. Squabbing niggas in their sleep, hitting niggas in the head with my fuckers, why they, you know, lay out on a bunk type shit like that. I was like, man, that shit ain't happening to me, bro. Yeah. I was like, you don't have to kill me, nigga. Like, yeah, and, when I, and when I made up my mind, I, you know, I wanted, I wanted to present myself in a way that's gonna be automatically respected. So, and that's, that's why I knew, like, motherfuckers fuck with you when you, you know, push a lot of weight and shit like that, you know. Nigga be in there stealing 
can see it ain't, ain't no love in that motherfucking man. Show me no love about your parents. No love out here, man. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Dead Homies and Enemies podcast, man. We appreciate you sharing your story, AP. Because, you know, it's the first time I, I had talked to Mike like that, too. That's why I appreciate it, too. Yeah, yeah, man, I appreciate you sharing that. anybody from Morehouse and said, oh, you remember that nigga AP? They gonna say, oh, you talking about the nigga that, you know, beat the nigga up with the bat? Like, yeah. that's, I don't want to be known for that. Yeah, like, don't, don't, so don't like, know me for what I used to do. Know me for who I am. And so I feel like now, like, after that, my lifestyle is like, all right, damn, I gotta make myself. Yeah, you have to reclaim your name, man. And restore the broken pieces. Right. But a lot of that was just character like me like not following to the like you said a strong mind like that yeah. being around people and, and you know I'm gonna be straight I didn't make all the good choices and stuff especially after my dad died like that you know I turned you know what I'm saying like drugs and you know that nightlife and that fast life and shit like that once I got off the road like bro I was the fuck over me but look at you now you know I, I can only say God is the only thing that you know what I'm saying put me in a position that had like you saying like had a Standing like you know what I'm saying. See what I learned. What I learned is a creator of all creations put it out there for you. And when you grow, you connect the dots and reel in what's meant for you to catch. Right. So you just gotta be patient. And uh, you know it remind me of about a story I used to because you know I graduated from a, a Baptist university. You know what I'm saying. And it reminds me of a story I used to hear about a man that went to heaven and he was getting a tour. And he seen all these buildings and the letters, it had like letters on the building, like A through C, you know what I'm saying? D through F. And the man was like, what's that? He was like, those storage buildings. He was like, it got people names on it. Then he, he saw one with his name on it. And he was like, what, what's this? He was like, a man asked me, you wanna go in there? He said, yeah. So they went in that building the way it had his name on it. And he saw all these boxes that was like stacked neatly. And then he was like, what's this? He was like, that's all the stuff that the creator of our creations created for you. You just didn't ask for it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like it's like in Ephesians, it say, 
before you, you know what I'm saying, before you beginning the times, you was marked and stamped with a seal. You was predestined. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we uh, we don't know what our purpose is, but we got to play this game until we find it. And then we find it, it's up to us to perfect it. Yeah, I feel like, and that's when I started believing that about myself, I started searching that. You know what I'm saying? I think that's how yeah. I But I realized, like, you know, in praying and stuff like that, like, God, put your future in the one place you can't miss it. Yeah. And that's inside of you. Like, right, right. I kept looking for outside motherfuckers to validate it was me, inside. And me and show me. But I already had that shit inside. Like, yeah, because you know, our soul is trapped within our flesh. Right. We can only obtain so much because our flesh can only hold so much. But then when our flesh no longer, you know what I'm saying, when our flesh aspires and has no, and can no longer function on, on top of earth, that's when we begin to live because our soul is free. Mm, you know what I'm saying? That's powerful. That's like what Uncle Tom said. You know, a lot of people look at Uncle Tom and hear Uncle Tom, but they really misuse the term Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom said in Uncle Tom's cabin, they say, you might have killed my body, but my soul is free. Yeah. And my thing like that is like, you know, with, not to get into the God of religion, but like, in my search like that, I feel like we, you know, we put the, the classification on life like, damn, you know, struggle now, it's going to be hard while you're living and stuff like that. When you die, you get the freedom and stuff like that. Yeah. But I feel like we was meant to be free on earth. Like we was meant right. to have, you know. And it's just like that old song. Remember that old song? Say, I got heaven right here on earth. You know what I'm saying? It's up to us to create it. Right. You know, that's why we that's why we God's stewards. So everything that God created is up we to us to make sure it. that it, it, it stays in existence of the purpose in which he created it for. Right. You know, it's on us, man. We soldiers out here, man. When people try to tell me, hey, I want you to come to church. I say, no, nah, church ain't for me, man. I ain't got time to sit down, man. I'm the type of soldier that that march around Jericho and take down the walls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can't do that in, in the inside of a building and sit down. When I when I uh, when he told me uh, you wasn't here the first time when he came out here, I think he was at your. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, and. Um, told that nigga I was, I was reading something in this audio bible and it's like David had his mighty men it's like the last chapter like one of the songs or something like that but he had a squad of 30 niggas then he had a tight tight limit of, of four like that that was just like straight up here honestly like, you know what I'm saying going toe to toe and God with him like that and I feel like you know what I'm saying for his calling like you gotta surround your people with, you know what I'm saying like me I ain't scared to die it's like I I done been through it yeah. So it's like, all right, if you kill me, I'm gone. Then you know, yeah. you know what I mean. I, I don't have that fear about, you know, my fear. I think for me that was holding me back was the expectation of others like that. But like once I let that go and I started understanding purposes, yeah. and then I, you know, see how things like us click up like that. And you know, back when you said about that death situation, like, like it would remind me, like, like when I first accepted my calling, man, I had to begin to study. A little bit of some everybody, and depending on what lane I was in at the time or what situation I was trying to implement a solution for to solve the issue, it's like my, my mind automatically went back to that ancestor. Right. And when you talk about death, you know what I'm saying? Michael Mix said, 
and you know what I'm saying? He said, I own for it. He said, I'm tw- I, I died 20 plus years ago. So I live every day as if I'm a dead man. You know what I'm saying? So when you accept that you're going to one day die, even Milk has an expiration date, everybody going to die. So when you get over that fear of death, man, it's nothing that can stop you, man. It's nothing that can stop you from prospering. Because my overall thing, man, I want to do what I got to do. So therefore, when my death, when, when it's time for me to meet my destiny, I can be accepted with open arms. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And that's man, when you when you accept when you accept death, that's that's real freedom, man. I think man, you hear me? I know it sounds this shit sounds real drastic, but it's like to really like understand your purpose, you gotta think to that extreme. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. We man, we gonna a lot of jewels right there, man. A lot of jewels. Yeah, Alright, you gonna tie it up one. But uh I didn't uh, make a mistake. I just made, made a bad decision. decision. Yeah. yeah. Well, until we meet again, man, y'all stay tuned. We got a lot of things coming up. What we supposed to go to going to oh uh, the the St. Louis thing. I mean, Louisiana thing got called off. Uh, yeah, that's next week. So we're going to do that next week. Um, shout out to the Ronald Green family. Yeah. We're going to we gonna keep this keep this thing going until we see y'all again, hear you from y'all again. Sayonara. Peace and blessings. Stay up. Mickey Cartel, Dead Homies and Enemies Podcast. We out.